Hello, everyone. I'm Denise Vivaldo. And I'm Diane Worthington. And we are women beyond a certain age. That's for sure. (laughs) No doubt about it. (laughs) Now, today what Diane and I want to talk about, because it's right around the corner, is how to entertain at the holidays with less stress and personally having more fun. People get crazy at the holidays, so we're going to do give you some tips today, and then we're going to have a part two that gives you some foolproof recipes. If you don't know, I've written four or five entertaining books. Diane has written... 20. 20. So we've both been caterers. We've both been cooking teachers. We've both helped friends with big events. And we know our way around the kitchen and the entertaining department. That's right. So let's, so keep that in mind and that's where we're coming from. Please remember to contact us with any comments, experiences, or your ideas on this subject that you'd like us to share with a group, like us to consider, like us to respond to. And it's womenbeyond at iCloud.com. All right. This came about because Diane and I talk about entertaining all the time. And I talk about that I just want to have more fun when I entertain. Exactly. Because I think it's a lot of work. It's money. It's, it's, it's so many things. So Diane, you start us off. Well, what, do you, I what, say be, what do you say to yourself when you go to entertain in this day and age for the holidays? I got two words for everybody listening. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Forget perfection. However, (laughs) in addition to that, I also have to say that there's a lot of craziness out there. I don't know if you remember a hundred years ago, there was Dr. Tony Grant. I used to love to listen to her around the holidays with calling up the people calling up and talking about what, how they were going to handle their holiday dinners with the various and sundry psychos that were going to have to (laughs) join the party. And I'm telling you, it was fascinating. And I think that I'm very serious about this. I think when you decide that you're the one giving it, you have to decide who can come and who can't. And by that, I mean, you don't want the slovenly drunken relative to ruin your party or the kind of crazy person that wants to cook their salmon in your toaster oven (laughs) while the turkey is coming out of the oven. These folk, can go elsewhere. That's how I feel about it. Because it, it ruins the night, the day, the night. Well, it's just it's a bummer. You could now, of course, we know in entertaining professionally, the guest list is terribly important. Beyond, you know, beyond. Yeah. Now, do you have to invite every single relative? No. We do this to ourselves, this pressure. Oh, I have to invite her. If I didn't invite my cousin Susie, you know, my mother will be furious. Well, now just a doggone minute. How often do you see cousin Susie? Can you explain rationally to your mother that you don't want to sacrifice the table of 12 happy people for crazy Susie? Because my life has always been governed by my business. When you're a caterer, we had policies that we used to say to people. It's kind of like, please don't rip the sink out of the bathroom of the location. <laughs> please don't bring a firearm. You know the little things in life. Well, I like that. Don't bring a firearm. If you I have to really that. have someone whose behavior is, turns inappropriate, no, 
I don't think you have them to the party. It's just not negotiable. I have, of course, an Uncle Johnny used to. He's gone. But Uncle Johnny (laughs) always drank too much. Then he wore the napkin on his head. Kind of did hat tricks with the napkin. It was always the same thing. It just looked like he was wearing a napkin on his head. But he also, when he'd had a few drinks, would say things like, let me look under your skirt. Well, again, not appropriate. (laughs) And my mother finally said one year, I'm not inviting him. And I think he doesn't even know anymore. So let's not invite him. And you know what? We had the nicest Christmas that year. Yeah. Because Uncle Johnny, it was funny at first, and then it always became problematic. So I agree with you. Well, you know, I think a lot of people myself included and many times uh, you know you deal with conflict avoidance so you'd rather invite uncle johnny than deal with the potential conflict but if you really dig down you're going to discover that you really want to have a nice if you're going to go to all this trouble you want it to be nice so we're not going to belabor the fact that your guest list needs to be well thought out and where you choose to, if you know, if you're doing, I, I always love to do, my daughter always used to do the little um, place cards and make little notes. It was That's so sweet. cute. Yeah. Um, you know, where you're seating people. Let's not put the sister and brother who hate each other's guts next to each other. Thank for you. For instance. But you know, I, and again, I've had this in my family where the hostess invited people that other people didn't like. Yeah, okay? it's a problem. And then... Wrecks the party. It wrecks the party. And once or twice, when I didn't show up, then my sister said, oh, we were so disappointed that you and Ken couldn't come. And I said, well, it, it was bigger than that. We chose not to come because, you know, blah, 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 makes us so uncomfortable. Right. And then you know what? The next year, she didn't invite them, and it was more important for her to see us. So it was kind of a win-win situation. Well, uh, that that's great when that I'll can tell happen. you that. It's just like you don't wait till the day of to buy the turkey. So talk to your family or friends about the guest list before you. Right, and if somebody's having a conflict, listen. Ask both of them. How are you going to feel? That's right. I'm inviting you both. Who, if you don't want to be with the other person, then you can make that choice. But. I think that if you take the time to think about that, you'll start to realize that while the food is really important and, you know, we want it to be delicious, it's so much about the company and how you put it together. You know what I mean? In our minds, we envision Norman Rockwell paintings of people. Yeah. Cute. The dog is even smiling. Okay. (laughs) Right. And in fact... You have to change your expectations because now hopefully your guest list is better. We may have weeded out someone, but if you think that people are going to change, they're not. Yeah. And they don't change for a day. So I just think sometimes you have to change your expectations. Someone may is always the person that drinks too much. Or there's someone who's never appreciative. Do you know what I mean? Or barely right. says or thank you. Or they don't talk. Or they don't Or they talk, talk inappropriately yes. or one or of those things. they yeah. say things like, oh, I think the stuffing was better last year. Right, <laughs> right, right. Really just inappropriate. And so you, you know? just learn when someone says stuff like that to me, and it still happens with my family. I literally have had the cousin that said, Oh, I think this turkey's dry. Last year's was better. Oh my God. And I looked up and said, <laughs> you know what? 
Next year, you make the turkey. Yeah. And I wasn't angry. You're and I nicer said it. than me. I would have said, and next you know year, what? The look on her face <laughs> of frozen fear was worth all of it because she didn't want to make the turkey. Well, what an idiot. So, you know, but I mean, you know, I have, again, no, I have no patience. She's never going to change. But I know another that. thing, Denise, <laughs> that we need to talk about are for those of us who don't have a plan, you know? Yes. There are times in life for a zillion different reasons you're somewhere different. Your family is away yes. and you're on your own. You don't have a big family. You don't have somebody that's asking you to join in. And your friends, everybody's doing their own thing. That's right. And there you are thinking, well, what am I supposed to do? I know. And the truth is there are lots of things that you can do that would actually make you feel better probably than going to a, one of these things that is either boring or you don't feel connected to. Right. And um, I think that... People often don't know that you can go down to many different shelters. You have to do this ahead of time, so sooner rather than later, to contact the various shelters in your uh, area and find out if you can either cook or serve on Thanksgiving Day. Every person I've ever talked to who said that's what they do said it's about the most satisfying thing they've yes. ever done in their life. You know, with some of us, we're so lucky I know. We have great friends, but I know of great friends and have had just lucky, happy memories. Mm -hmm. And yet what you're talking about, Diana, is I think for some people, the holidays, oh. this from, from Thanksgiving to Christmas is the most depressing time of the year for them, exactly. the loneliest time of the year for them. And sometimes, as you said, there's not many people left. Now, see, yeah. I had wonderful childhood happy happy holidays and all those people are gone oh i know They'd my be mother's dead. table yeah. oh my god i mean i loved it and we'd have the aunts and uncles yeah. and it just you know that ship has sailed that's it, not how it is anymore and, when I, and it's time yes. to just be in reality about where you are when people say to me oh denise i can't enjoy it now then if i say to them i'm so sorry when did your mother die 20 years ago so now yeah. the problem is us, isn't it? The problem is you. Right. You have to learn. You it's have a tough to just one. move on. You have to move on. Now, if you can't move on and you're just too depressed and 20 years has passed, then go do something like you just said, Diane, for somebody else. Or go to a psychiatrist and get <laughs> yeah. better. Or be my suggestion. Or... Make yourself a fabulous turkey dinner all by yourself and watch Hallmark movies. Your you know favorite I mean? movie. And, watch and turn it into a positive. And have a glass of wine. Or maybe you could invite someone who you know is in the same boat. That's a great a, suggestion. Is a, is a, you know, you know, it's like when you, the, your second parent dies. Yes. You realize you're an you're orphan. orphan. Now you're 66 years old and you're an orphan. That's a tough one for people. I have found that what I try to do is invite people that I adore and that I also know they may not have kids. They may not have any yeah. other family. So we share together. And then we celebrate a lot on Christmas Eve. I have a fabulous friend who on Christmas Day, and I don't go with her physically. I, I've been downtown a lot to the mission uh -huh. and worked in the rescue missions. And But on Christmas Day, I like to be with my husband, but I give I donate. Excuse you know, me, he's Jewish. Yeah. What? <laughs> you know what Kenny said about Hanukkah? What? I was a kid and I got a package of gum. And then when it was Christmas, I got a bicycle. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got his priorities. Yeah. 
straight. But you out. know what? My friend packs almost two hundred turkey sandwiches with little jellos in the bag. She puts them in bags and she just drives downtown oh to LA, God, opens the van and says, who needs a turkey sandwich? And she's not feeding people in the mission that are okay. She's feeding people on the street. She gives out the 200 sandwiches. Everybody thanks her. Yep. Every yep. person. Yep. These are people that have been living on the streets. I buy several, yeah, two or three a, gigantic turkeys and she that, cooks That's those. a great idea. You know, that the point that I think we're making is that if you're not invited somewhere this year and you're not choosing to do it because for myriad reasons, you can turn it around into something positive. That's whether right. it's you deciding... To go to a movie in the day and pick up from your market a, a whole dinner that's done for you that you could enjoy where you didn't have to cook, which that's frankly, right. when it's for one person, you know, seems like a lot, unless you're like us and we like to cook. Um, but my point is, there's other things to do rather than the Norman Rockwell painting with the dog sitting at the table. Because frankly, in this day and age, it's more unusual than normal. That's I mean, right. You know, that's not the norm. So find what feels good to you. When I invite friends to my house, I used to worry, Diane, my the couch needed to be recovered. Or <laughs> I say to Kenny all the time, when I'm getting ready for a dinner party, I say to him now, he says, do you need any help? And it's Friday night. They're coming on Saturday. I've already, I'm starting to prep my food. I'm right. opening a bottle of wine. I'm getting everything organized because I think pre-preparation gets rid of the stress. Well, well we're going to definitely talk about that. Yeah. But... I, he says, can I help you? I go, yeah, paint the front paint the front door and go to the nursery and get six or seven huge, beautiful, blooming fuchsias. And mm -hmm. let's drape the door in them and we'll act like we always, it always looks like this. Right, exactly. And he cracks up because he says, I know the problem is, Denise, you really mean that. <laughs> I think that we judge ourselves. I think we think our friends are judging us. And you know what? In actuality, most of my friends don't entertain much. We've all kind of gotten to the age where we meet at restaurants. Right. But sometimes you do want to be in someone's home and you want to have the second, nothing better. second glass of wine and a second piece of the cake. And right. you're just, you know, and everybody's taking their shoes off and it's fun now. That's right. Um, I've learned something. I had to stop playing internal tapes about judging myself and my friends and my friends judging me and realizing that if that was really happening, we're not friends. <laughs> well, I think that's really well put, Denise. You know, I did some research on party giving. Good. And this kind of goes into holiday entertaining. So, I, I mean, my anxiety, what if the guests refuse to talk? What if there's a loud, yeah. awkward kitchen accident, like you drop the turkey? <laughs> what if the table doesn't look perfect and good yes. and the flowers aren't spectacular and as everyone who's ever been a host knows giving a party can create party anxiety yes in an article in the uk uh, mail it addressed this issue and psychology professor david warburton interviewed are you ready for this a thousand people about wow. hosting dinner parties wow he then monitored 16 couples as they prepared to entertain parties of eight friends for an evening at home he found that one in eight showed symptoms of kitchen performance anxiety. Yeah. Experiencing a mental block, freezing up while cooking, <laughs> mental distraction, lack of concentration, sensitivity to noise and onlookers, and physical symptoms, difficulty breathing, nausea, headaches, 
61% said the pressure of hosting, entertaining a dinner party was worse than attending. Check this out. An interview or going on a first date. Frankly, that sounds like a nightmare, doesn't it? It's that. See, this is it. You got to change your mindset. Exactly. (laughs) And even though we're professional chefs, I don't know. I've suffered from party giving anxiety on more than one occasion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I owned up to my own worries that the food wasn't going to be good enough and that I didn't know how to make a pleasing table setting and yada, 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 I started giving (laughs) small dinner parties. And with more experience, I became much less anxious. That's one of the things I did. And also, you know what I did? I looked online on how to arrange a simple table setting. Cute. And guess what? Once you get it, you just don't have to worry about it anymore. So realizing that host anxiety is common and normal has helped me become a more relaxed party giver. And I think if you remember that, for those of you who are thinking about, you know, entertaining over the holidays, it's like a relief. Absolutely. So my party giving philosophy is, First, if there's a special occasion, celebrate it. And if there's no occasion, I'll arrange a get-together. And it can be as easy as making pizza, or it can be as elaborate as cocktail engagement party or a holiday party. But listen, you got to be flexible. This is another part of Absolutely. Uh, Forget Perfection. If it's 103 degrees outside, which it could be with global warming in uh, <laughs> November. In L.A. And, and it's humid... <laughs> outdoors you can move the dinner indoors if you have to barbecue outside you know if the seasons don't cooperate for you you know to make that peach tart you're just gonna change it to apples so i'm saying if you really run out of time pick it up at the bakery that's right here's the bottom line denise and i know you second this there is no way to control everything i mean that goes for everything in life but i'm now specifically talking about entertaining so let me just tell you a few of the tips for lowering your party anxiety and chime in whenever you want to think like a home cook, not a chef who cooks for hundreds. Set your sights on doable dishes that you know are going to turn out, not cause needless stress. Don't do dishes that are 15 steps. And you know what? Simplify. Repeat them. When you have success, you're going to have different people at your house. Don't try something new do what you do best and exactly. do it again. And that totally re- <laughs> and that totally reduces your anxiety. Yes. Okay. Choose your menu in advance. Then you can make lists for shopping, tabletop items, and you can create a cooking schedule. I know I'm sure you do this. I mean, I have everything for the holidays for any parties I've ever given. I have my marketing list on the computer with the years that I did it, with the menus that go with it, and with the cooking schedule. So... When you do that, you can't believe how much pressure that takes off you. Absolutely. And if you know you're having a tough week before the party, use your list for pantry items and beverages and go get them ahead of time. Don't start racing around the day of. One thing that people don't remember, and it is that when you're buying flowers, remember you need to plan enough time for them to bloom for the party. A couple of days should be fine. I mean, have you ever bought flowers and they're completely closed up for your table and you're thinking, oh, this didn't work out so well. You know, Diane, when you say that, I love this. Sometimes I have found that I can shop 
three or four weeks before the store is crazy. Yeah, for, for the staples. For, like, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I buy every single canned yep. staple that I can. I leave it in the bags in my garage. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So it's all organized. It's and all you know organized. where it is and where you're going to just grab from. But I like to buy all that stuff so far in advance so that I'm really just getting my perishables because the couple of days before <laughs> Thanksgiving or Christmas, the grocery stores, yeah. oh, if it's it not the grocery yeah. store itself, it's the parking that's going to kill you before so you're exhausted before you even start it's terrible so the thing is you want to be there i mean for me i do exactly what you do although i make sure the expiration dates aren't (laughs) going to be over before the dinner party but i also go for my fresh things 8 a.m absolutely the couple days before you know okay so another thing is You need to be flexible. If your table isn't big enough, don't freak out and think you have to go and, you know, you can buy a new table for your dinner because you don't want to be nervous that you don't have enough, you know, get a card table for God's sake. And another thing is if you don't have help to help you, if you're having a lot of guests, simplify so that you're not doing last minute or complicated dishes that take too much time. Absolutely. And hello, don't forget to rely on your favorite takeout for that dish that you know they do so well. And why should you make it if they can make it for you and you can concentrate on other things? This is hard for people when they entertain. Anybody, new cooks. When I was in catering, half my job of the executive chef, but we were doing parties of 500, 5,000, 50, it didn't matter. I learned that I had to find the best product that was out there. Yeah. And... If I could balance the menu with some bought, some homemade, some frozen that I just had to warm up, some from the bakery, then all of a sudden it wasn't a chore at all. I was making a mix and match of great food. By the way, no one ever said to me except I'm catering in Malibu. (laughs) This is when it first came out. Baboli pizza shells came out. Martha Stewart had that cookbook in the 80s where she told everybody how to make pizza crust. Except that if you made the water a little too hot, you killed the yeast. You know that. It was just, it was a big mess. Okay. God damn it. I ruined a lot of pizza dough. To make long story short, I'm shopping at Cisco. I'm having a party for a hundred people. Dick Clark, very fancy party. And the salesman from Cisco because it was originally a wholesale product. We've got this pizza crust, Denise. All you have to do is put toppings on it. I said, you're kidding. And they were, you know, personal size, like six inches. He brings them in. They're absolutely gorgeous. They're individually wrapped. I take it up to Dick Clark's house. I have sauteed mushrooms and gorgeous roasted eggplant, you know, and feta cheese. You can tell it's the 80s. And I put it all over the top of these Baboli pizzas, which are partially cooked. Right. They were really good when they first started. They're not so good now, but. Okay. Well, we won't get that endorsement. But anyway, we. Honey, I heated those up on sheet pans and then the waiters, we cut them in fours and sent them out. People were raving. People kept coming in the kitchen. Except for one person? No. But then this one person in the kitchen kept saying to Dick Clark, the chef won't give me the recipe for her pizza dough. And Dick came in and said, Denise, listen, this is one of my best friends. She's an executive producer. You've got to give her the recipe. I said, okay. (laughs) And then when she came in, I said, it's Baboli. (laughs) 
And of course she said, oh, the chef's name is Baboli. And it just went on and on. And I'm thinking, oh God. And then I'm saying, I'm so sorry. You won't be able to get the pizza dough because it's, it's it's wholesale. I said, I'll tell you what you should do. Get Martha Stewart's entertaining cookbook. She has a fabulous <laughs> the recipe one that doesn't for pizza work. dough. You didn't add and that, and I didn't add that, and we moved on. But I can remember that was a turning point in my career. I'd only been a chef a couple of years when I realized that if I could source out some of the best product in the world, you know, we don't make our own caviar for God's sakes, you know. No, and, it, and you know, I think it's funny. You think it's hard for newer cooks. For me. It's always hard to do this because I think that what I'm going to make is the small batch I'm going to make. It's going to have all those little... But, you know, as I become a woman beyond a certain age, I have to let go a little bit more because it's just... My my energy and my time, it's just not really worth it. You know what? But you just said it. Energy and time are the two things... Diane, that we're running out of this weekend to be women beyond a certain age. Yeah, exactly. And you, it's your priorities are different. They really you, are. You told me about a dinner party that you made everything from scratch. Yeah, that was this last few, summer. Yes. I'm and it sounded, recovering. honey, it sounded so gorgeous. But you also said to me, as the party started, I remember thinking if I could just go upstairs and take go a to nap. bed. Honey, I'm like that. Now, this is me for entertaining, and we're all different. Even my sisters now like this for the holidays if we're all together. Yeah. I put out gorgeous hors d'oeuvres. I put out beautiful poached shrimp. I mix Mm. a can of the chunky Mm. cranberry sauce in cocktail sauce. It's delicious. Ooh. It's delicious. It's so That's our next episode. Don't give it away. (laughs) And then I put out things that they love, a beautiful cheese tray. Or I may get, I get some gorgeous raviolis, or I'll, the mushroom raviolis raviolis on a skewer but i make some beautiful beautiful hors d'oeuvres we have champagne then we go out to dinner well you could do that for thanks the holidays you know, but it's but, not as yeah but yeah, that's a but that's a good tip because you're giving for entertaining. when i go to visit them in san francisco i don't have a kitchen right and then we come back and we have a gorgeous pies that you know my aunt has made or we have dessert so i think there's other ways or like yeah. you said yeah. i have bought one or two the turkey wasn't good but i have bought stuffing in a few sides at a couple of the gro- the high end grocery yeah, stores the high end takeout they were good yeah they yeah they so are good so you could again mix and match the, all the stresses that on you okay so what have we learned today we've learned that I mean, I call it the seriously simple motto. Keep it fresh and keep it simple. Better to have a few good dishes, yes. good wine and friends to share an evening or an afternoon together than a complicated fancy dinner party that has you exhausted, overwhelmed, and frankly, you are a crappy company. So I hope that really you will think about taking some of these ideas that we're sharing with you today so that you'll enjoy yourself. And one other thing I have to say before we're going to sign off, which is don't forget to make extra so you can have it the next day. Absolutely. Because I have been to people's homes where they barely have enough. And it's like, what were you thinking? You think you want to get up tomorrow and cook again? Are you out of your mind? So don't forget, make extra. That's my thing for the day. Denise? I... My, I took over Thanksgiving from my mother. She was still, she just, it was getting to be too much for her. And then she would still have Christmas, but we would all bring something. But one of the traditions that my mother passed on to me 
was setting a beautiful table. Mm. So she had beautiful Lennox. I own the Lennox now. So sometimes I change the menu a little bit. It's not the traditions that we had before because we're all at different stages. You know, we want it lighter. We want it this. We want, but we still want my mother's good roasted turkey. But I'll tell you something. When my sisters or my family and friends arrive and the table is set, it's not fancy. It's just beautiful. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. It's a pressed linen. Homey. And it's elegant. Gorgeous, gorgeous Lennox that I, you know, and, um, I'll tell you something. And I arrange a small, a couple of, I I like the five or six small flower arrangements down the center Mm -hmm. so that people can enjoy them. See each other. But you know what? That china carries on the traditions in our family. So sometimes that to me, it makes it all worthwhile. Do you know what I mean? That, and I know my mother would be so happy that I completely, I can't believe you're saying this because my mother, but Thanksgiving dishes in Victoria, Canada, when I was 12, they're from England, and I have those dishes. They're big turkeys on them. They're they're like uh, 80, I don't know how old, because they were 67, whatever it is, they're old. They're beautiful. Yes. And unfortunately, we had some help one year for Thanksgiving, and she dropped the turkey platter. So... Now I'm using a white platter, but we're still using the... <laughs> That's so okay. That, that tradition is really nice. Well, okay. Things. Flexible. Yep. Yeah. You have flexible. to be flexible. So. Now, this is how I, I'm going to end this. I was just in Russia. It's a long story. But, you know, in a town that gets that is under snow for six months out of the year, I saw sled dogs. I saw native Aleut Indians. Mm. I met Russians. But here was the lesson that I got out of it. We went into this kind of mess hall and on plastic tablecloths, they served us their best menu. So there was beets and of course, lots of salmon because it's a peninsula. The food, as I had told Cindy driving out to see you today, Diane, it wasn't very good. Okay. Yeah, I can imagine. Now, and the vodka tasted like gasoline, (laughs) but, and they, their, one of their traditions is they never want their guest to see the bottom of the glass. So they keep, ref- they're generous and oh refilling a glass. Yeah. And I kept saying to the people as with, I think this explains a lot about the last 400 years <laughs> of the history of Russia. Yeah. But here was the thing. The food wasn't very good, but the people giving it to us were so gracious and they so wanted to please us and they wanted us to enjoy themselves that I kept saying, I'm not sure I've ever had this much hospitality yeah. in my life. They had so little to give and yet they were giving me more than that's the takeaway. Today. So I thought, and I that's had so it. much fun because even though the vodka is Kenny said, it was really bad. I said, well, it was cheap. And he said, well, how much did you drink? I said, two really big slugs and <laughs> because it was the party. Do you know what I'm saying? Of course. I had so much fun at that party. And I, it's mostly because the people were so terribly gracious that served me. Graciousness goes a long, long way. way. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Woman Beyond a Certain Age for recipes and other fun stuff. Tell us about your holidays or, you know, how you've changed them or maybe how you've gotten through some tough ones. Whatever. We're happy 
to listen. And Cindy asks you to leave five-star reviews. <laughs> really? We take you no know, responsibility. No, we for take that. no responsibility <laughs> for that. It's all on Cindy. Sometimes when I get my American Express bill, I, I say every single month for 18 18 years, I've said, damn it, Cindy, did you steal my American Express card? <laughs> because no one in their right mind could have charged this much. So uh, Cindy asks you to please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And to email us at womenbeyond at icloud.com. And thanks so much. Bye-bye. <laughs>